Hello and welcome back to the Google Workspace Update podcast from Strawberry 7. My name is Adam. And my name is Adam. We're here every week to bring you the latest updates around what's happening in Google Workspace. This podcast is available in audio format from your regular podcast provider and also in video format on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash strawberry7. Let's get to it. On with the show. Right, so before we get into any of the updates this week, we just wanted to say um, from Adam and myself uh, a big thank you to all of our listeners out there because this week our podcast reached over 250 downloads since we started back in September. So thank you to everybody that's been listening. Adam and I both really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we hope that you've been enjoying the, the show so far. So please do share this podcast with your friends or colleagues or anyone that you think would benefit from hearing the latest Google updates. Excellent. Oh, thank you, Adam. I didn't actually uh, didn't actually know we'd reached 250 downloads. That's uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, we really appreciate everybody who's listening to this. And like Adam says, if you if you know any other administrators or any of your colleagues who you think would benefit from hearing about these updates, please do um, please do share it. And equally, if you're a member of any groups on Facebook or anything like that, or LinkedIn or anywhere like that where you think that this podcast might be beneficial, please do share it there as well. So uh, yeah, really appreciate that. Thank you for that. Adam. So right, right. So um, back to the update. So we've got a couple of little updatelets before we get into the meat and potatoes. So um, first up is to do with Android. So you can now uh, see collaborator avatars in the toolbar of apps on Android devices. So in continuation of Google's effort to improve the Google Workspace experience on large screen Android devices, Google is moving collaborator avatars from the overflow menu into the app toolbar at the top of your Android tablet or mobile device. Oh, nice. So, yeah, quite a small little tweak there, but that should hopefully make it a bit easier for those people who do have those slightly larger screens. Again, I think we were talking in one of our previous updates, weren't we, about those kind of Z fold, I think they're called devices, the sort of dev- phones that fold out into the bigger screens. Um, I've actually seen some of the teachers using those at the schools as their own personal devices. So, um, yeah, that's a nice little uh, little tweak there. Okay, great. Thank you, Adam. Next up, Google Docs. So you can now, uh, I think this one's going to be quite handy, actually. You can now pin table headers when using pageless format on Google Docs. When your Google Doc is set to the pageless format, you can now pin one or more table rows as header rows. So when you scroll vertically past the top of the table, the headers will remain visible at the top of the window until you scroll to the bottom of the table. So I think this is going to be really, really helpful. Um, Anyone that uses uh, Microsoft Word, you'll probably be familiar with the freeze panes option. Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, where you use the freeze panes (laughs) option. So um, this is uh, very similar to that. So I think this is going to be um, a really helpful um, update. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing. It's available in Google Sheets as well. You can freeze the first or second, you know, top two rows or a few rows um, in Google Sheets. If you've ever looked for that setting, it's under the view um, menu. You can go in there and you can freeze uh, whatever rows you want to at the top. And like you say, Adam, it kind of sticks those rows at the top. So when you scroll down on a long table or whatever it, it keeps the headings up the top I agree with you I think that will be very useful and just to touch briefly as well for those of you who are listening and thinking pageless format what what's pageless format this is a little update that came out to Google Docs a while ago which 
personally, I absolutely love, and I've I've used this, started using this more and more and more. It's very straightforward. It basically means that you can create a document in Google Docs that rather than it being like a traditional A4 page and you, you have an A4 page there or a letter page if you're listening in America and you scroll down and you write your, write your text out and then it goes on to another page, very traditional to what we're used to seeing with um, text editors or word, word creators. Instead, it's just one continuous sheet. It's almost more like a website, isn't it, Adam, where you're just typing, typing, typing and it just keeps going on. And of course... That's more. Re- that is, in a way, more relevant to what we're doing now because less and less people are printing. Um, so why do you need it in an A4 page? You do just want one continuous kind of stream there. So I really like pageless format myself. Yeah, absolutely. So, so do I. Um, it's almost just my, my go-to. It's almost my default now for when I'm creating any Google Docs, um, especially as soon as I see the Google Doc go over to a second page. Unless I know 100% I'm, go- I'm about to print this document, I instantly put it into the pageless format because it just makes it uh, so much easier to work with. And, and it's visually pleasing as well. It's, it, it's a really great uh, feature. Yeah, I completely agree. And again, just for anybody worried, thinking, oh my gosh, if I put it in pageless format, I can't ever print it. No, that's not the case. You can, I think you can actually change it back. Oh, can't you, Adam, definitely. Yes, uh, the, the only yeah. reason that I say that is because if you then were to print it, uh, if it's not on the pageless um uh, format, then it's easier to see what's going to be on wh- on what page when you do print it. So yes, you de- you definitely can print it if it is in the pageless format. I I just would prefer not to, just so I know what's what's going to be on each page essentially. So uh, for example, if you happen to have like tables or something, it's not cut off in the middle between page one and two or or, or something like that. Yeah, completely agree with you, Adam. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I think that would be a really useful little uh, little update. Look, excellent. Okay, what have we got next? Right, uh, next up, this is to do with Google Meet. So you can now uh, easily share files in Google Meet chat on web. So uh, currently, when you share the link to a Google Drive in Meet Chat, you have to ensure that the document is shared with those on the call, either proactively or reactively on a separate screen. Now, when you share a file in Meet Chat, you'll now be prompted to update the file sharing permissions to reflect which meeting attendees you'd like to have access to a particular file, all within Meet. Oh, right. Okay. This is interesting because... We've touched on this a little bit before. Yeah, we have touched on it before, and I thought that that sort of existed, but I always use the... um, the app, for want of a better word, it's not kind of... It, it's a bit of a weird app, Google Chat, isn't it? Because it's it's sort of an app, but not really. It's still just connecting to um, chat on the web, effectively. It's it's kind of the same, same thing. But maybe they mean if you're using it purely within a browser, without any app whatsoever, just within the web chat, maybe it didn't do that before. I've never used it like that. I think this update is very, very similar to updates that we've had before. And it's almost a bit of a pattern that we do see with the Google updates. Some are very, very similar, but they're just being pushed out um, throughout the rest of Google Workspace. So I feel that the update we had, but I would need to double check to confirm, is this was the same for um, Google Chat, but this particular update is specific to Google Chat within Google Meet. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. That makes more sense. Right. So I, yeah, so I'm talking about, sorry, that's me talking at cross purposes there. I'm talking about Google chat and you're quite right. This is chat 
within Meet, <laughs> which is yeah. a sort of so it's the same thing. update yeah. as we did previously have with Google Chat. As soon as you share a file within Google Chat, the permissions are automatically um, adjusted as they should be, or just it checks the sharing permissions. So now it's the same, but within chat, but within a Google Meet session. Got it. Okay. Yep. That's that's uh, that's very very useful. So apologies, listeners. That was me who was talking at cross purposes there, but quite helpful. That's why I'm that's why I'm here. It's like uh, Adams Holmes and I'm Watson. I'm the one who says all the wrong things, but hopefully it's uh, it, it it helps pick up if you were thinking along those lines as well that you you might have been thinking along the same thing of thinking. Hang on a minute. I thought Google Chat did that, but this is chat within uh, Meet. But another example of how Google are kind of linking their products up so that they all do the same thing and they all kind of are on the same uh, way of working. Um, wonderful, Adam. Thank you. Um, I think there's actually a release for that, isn't there? Yes, so a uh, rapid release and scheduled release for that began on December the 5th. So that was uh, just over a week or so ago now, but um, that was due to potentially take uh, 15 days or longer. Okay, no problem. That's fine. Um, what have we got next? Uh, next up is to do with iOS. So a, a warning banner for external email recipients on iOS devices. So you'll now see a warning banner when adding external recipients to an email on iOS. These warnings are already available for Gmail on the web and Android devices. But uh, just a note on that, that admins can turn these specific warning labels on or off for their organization. With this, I'm a little bit unsure as to whether this specifically means Gmail application on iOS or or is it if you're on the web on iOS or potentially just using the, the native iOS mail application. Yeah, very good point, Adam. Very good point. If I had to guess, I would say it would be the Gmail app. Um, I, I, I said just a second ago, oh, good. What I actually meant was oh, good, you can turn it off. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> because personally, anybody listening out there who likes this feature, brilliant. That That's, that, you know, all the more power to you. For me personally, I have seen this before on when I've used Gmail um, and used Gmail to send email. Personally, I just don't really see this as a very useful feature myself. I get where they're coming from, about saying, oh my gosh, you're sending to an external recipient. It's sort of, I guess, a warning if you're attaching a sensitive document or something like that. But, but maybe it's because we're a small company. Um, I just think to myself, how many people do you need to have in your company to not realise that they're external to your organization that it just seems a bit strange to me as to when you would when you'd write an email and you would not realize yourself that you were sending to somebody externally that seems to me to be a bit of an unusual thing but maybe I'm the one who's unusual maybe people do sometimes not know who is an insect who is in and outside of their organization yeah um, I, I do think all of these updates that, uh, that come out, they all do have a place somewhere along the line. Some are a little bit more niche than others, but I, I feel all of them do have a place somewhere. And th this one in particular, it would very much depend on your organisation. Maybe it's quite a tight-knit organisation and you only really um, email your colleagues and, and nobody else. And maybe uh, if you, you were to accidentally put a typo in somebody's email address or something like this, then this banner could be helpful in that situation. But it's just going to pop up and say, you're actually not emailing the person that you think you are or, or something. But um, 
Yeah, I, I'm sure there's a use somewhere along the lines, and um, potentially, possibly not really for us because um, I feel like I, I know who I'm emailing yeah. and I know whether they're in my organisation or not. <laughs> but I'm sure somewhere, um, somebody will find this helpful. Hopefully. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm, I suppose I'm just saying for me personally, I've always seen this warning banner come up, and I'm, I think to myself, yeah, I know I'm emailing externally. I know I know who I'm emailing to. I wrote, I put the email address in there. You know, I suppose the only time it is useful is if you receive an email and then you say reply all because you may have not noticed who that original person sent to maybe that's useful yeah or i just thought potentially um not if you're just uh, emailing some text to um, somebody but maybe if you're including some attachments yeah and it's just uh, maybe to do with your own company policy certain files should not be shared outside your organization or something so then it could be a bit of a reminder for that uh, as i say i'm, I'm sure there's um I'm sure it's helpful for somebody and some organisations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, maybe there's a good feature update. I think you might have stumbled across a, a potential useful feature there, actually, Adam, with um, with a future update that Google might be able to do. If you could mark folders or files as should never be shared externally, you know, if you know it's really sensitive data or really confidential data, and then if somebody does try to email that externally... Again, it kind of goes back to that update that we touched on last time where there was the warning that came up when people were sharing stuff. But if you could actually say on a folder or a file as the owner, no, I don't want this to ever go externally. And then if somebody tried to email that or something, it would block it in that way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So Google, if you're listening, give us a ring, get in contact, info at strawberry7.com, we can brainstorm. <laughs> yeah, exactly, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. The Google AI is listening always. <laughs> okay, great. So though, I think that covers the sort of update LUTs, doesn't it? And now we've got some some more mainstream updates, a few of those, is that right? Yes, so uh, back to Google Meet. So there's now improvements for using Miro. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Miro, in Google Meet. So Google has made two enhancements for the Miro experience within Google Meet. Meeting participants will see a dialogue invite instead of a chat message asking them to join a whiteboarding session. Meeting hosts will have the option to end collaboration for the group as a whole. Alternatively, meeting participants will have the ability to leave the session individually. Google hopes the, uh, these improvements create a smoother collaboration experience when using Miro within Google Meet. Oh, okay. Do you know what Miro is, Adam? I have no idea what that is. Miro is um, it, it's a brainstorming application. Essentially, it's it's a bit like a Jamboard, really. Um, it, it's it's a, a plugin that you could use to uh, it integrates with um, w with Google Workspace. I'm not sure if it's all of the apps with Google Workspace, but it's quite a few of them. Essentially, it's uh, it's brainstorming tool. Ah, okay, great. So that's just adding some little enhancements to those. Uh to those features within Miro, that's uh, it's going to be very Yes, good. oh, and I think if anybody wanted to use Miro, I think it's available in um, Google Marketplace. So that, that's where you'd go to, uh, to get it. Right, okay. Thank you very much, Adam. What have we got next? Next up, Google Cloud Search. So we actually had this exact same update either last week or the week before. I actually went through all my notes from that um uh, episode of our podcast that we did and word for word this update is exactly the same so i'm not sure maybe um may maybe the, up the 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 update wasn't actually ready to be pushed out and there's a bit of a delay and it, and 
this is Google's way, instead of actually saying, sorry, it actually wasn't ready yet, they've they've just re reannounced it. So um, just to refresh everybody's memory, so uh, facet enhancements for cloud search. So it's now easier to configure and use Google Cloud Search filters and facet, facets uh, with multiple enhancements to our existing functionalities. With this search, you can use the Cloud Search Query API to configure new additional capabilities, such as uh, fasting support for Integra. Integra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you corrected me last time. I did, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Integer type fields such as priority levels for support tickets or the number of pages in a document, uh, out of the box faceting support for document size, document create, document creation, and custom date fields, new default reserved operators for document size created date fields, simplified query API responses with filters being directly provided in the response. So expanded search op options creates a more user-friendly search experience, making it easier and faster to narrow search results to the most relevant documents. Mm, okay. I mean, I don't want to go into this too much because, like you say, we talked on it, uh, talked about it in a different episode. I think from memory it was two episodes ago, so I think I would make it episode 13 if anybody wanted to go back and, and listen to my ramblings about it. Um, but I won't, I won't cover it too much other than to just say what we were saying last time, which was that whether it was within Google search, whether it was an API or something like that, and we, we sort of landed on, it's probably people using the Google search system, but within their own environment, isn't it? Like as an API type plugin. Yes, absolutely. So uh, um, Google Cloud Search, that it's essentially, think of Google Search, but within your own organize, organization. So if you're wanting to search through your own um, uh, Google Docs or Sheets, or if you're just searching through Drive, it's it's searching but with, uh, the, the, your, through your, your own data, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, great. And I think there's a bit about getting started and uh, yeah, some other bits there. Yeah, so there's no uh, end user action required for this um, to get started. Uh, you'll automatically see the new filter options once your admin has configured them. Uh, th this feature is now available for everybody. Great. It was available for everybody two weeks ago, but apparently <laughs> it's still now it's available even, it's for even everybody. It's more available for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's more available than ever. Um, but this is uh, going to be exclusively available to uh, Google Cloud Search customers. Okay. Great, that's um, that's wonderful. Thank you, Adam. What have we got next? Up next, this is to do with Google Docs. So I think this should be quite exciting for some people, actually. So uh, well, hopefully they're all exciting. <laughs> um, you can now uh, easily format and display code in Google Docs. So currently, when working in Google Docs, collaborators who want to present code have to paste it in the document when manually... Uh, and then manually apply styles to highlighting syntax. Uh, Google is adding a new Smart Canvas feature, which makes this process much easier by enabling you to format and display code in docs with code blocks. Wow. So this feature gives you the ability to visualize code with industry standards, making code readable and collaboration much easier. Wow, that's that is potentially going to be very very useful for some uh, for some people out there, some some coders, developers, or anything like that. I would presume that there are tools out there that allow developers to collaborate on code already um, and sort of do do this already but there must be people who are 
wanting to do this in Google Docs, otherwise Google wouldn't have put it in there as a, as a feature. So yeah, allowing people to put that in and, and visualize code in a more, as it says, industry standard way, I can imagine that being really, really helpful to some, uh, to some people out there. Yes, ab- absolutely. So, um, so if anybody wanted to get started with this, uh, there's no admin controls for this feature, but for all the end users, to format and display code in a Google Doc, go to Insert, Building Blocks, Code Blocks, and then you can choose from your programming language, uh, such as uh, Java, for example. Um, or you can search, you do at Code Blocks, then choose your programming language. Oh, brilliant. So again, using this kind of smart canvas, chips, smart chips, that's also what they refer to it as feature, where you put at... So we have covered this before in the updates, but for anybody listening new, in Google Docs, uh, or Sheets now as well, you can do at and then type in certain things. Like in one of our previous uh, podcasts, we covered that you could type in calendar, couldn't you? And you could you could put in calendar events directly within um, a document. So this is just another thing that's, that's available in that smart um, chips. So yeah, and, and the fact that you can actually choose your programming language as well, that's really, really cool. That must be for the visualization, right, of how it's sort of laid out and everything like that. Wow, that, that is gonna be really helpful um, for some people out there, I'm sure. When are we gonna see that available, Adam? So a uh, rapid release uh, started on December the 14th and scheduled release started uh, starting even on January the 3rd next year. Great, and who is that available for, I think is the shorter list, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's kind of split. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so this is going to be available to Google Workspace Business Standard, Business Plus, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Standard, Education Plus, uh, customers, uh, and also nonprofits. That's really, really nice. I like the fact that they haven't just gone straight to Enterprise there. They've actually included Business Plus and Business Standard because. It's it's nice for Google to acknowledge there that those smaller businesses, you know, medium-sized businesses, small businesses like us, even down to micro level, will still use code sometimes and still be developers who want to collaborate together. So that's that's really good to hear. Fantastic, Adam. What have we got next? I think the next update's the last, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So last update that uh, from us this week is uh, is an admin update. So uh, email notifications from Google are now available in the alert center. So um, admins uh, routinely receive notifications from Google to inform them about uh, important Google Workspace updates, just like the ones that we're delivering to you. Uh, these notifications can be related to a variety of things, including security, billing, or critically uh, critical product changes. Now, when admins receive these notifications, they'll also be captured in the alert center in the Google Admin Console. This will help make it easier for admins to stay on top of important communications from Google. Right, okay, that is going to be very, very useful. Um, I, again, I kind of thought that the Alert Centre did this sort of thing, but maybe I'm thinking of a slightly different area. Um, And having those email notifications come through um, are extremely useful to have them have them push through because you don't always have time to go in and check the alert center um, and and sort of check those various areas so that is that is very very useful for those for those different ones to come through so it was saying about notifications about security 
billing, critical product changes. Those are some of the ones that were listed. Um, I bet there's some more that you can put in there as well. And certainly when I've looked around the alert center, some of the ones around security are very, very useful. Like for example, um, if you have a few failed attempts at somebody trying to log into the admin um, login for a super admin login or something like that, that can ping through as an alert. So those sorts of things can be quite useful to preempt and get an idea of somebody who's maybe trying to test your vulnerabilities or trying to trying to you know gain a breach into your organisation. Um, so to get started with this, uh, admins with the alert center privilege will see these notifications in the alert center. Primary admins will also receive these notifications via email. It's one of the things that I've thought would be very beneficial for us to have with our education customers is a little bit more in terms of those alerts coming through and those notifications that get pushed through to us for those, especially for those quite severe um, potential security risks or security um, problems that might that might come up. Um, when are we going to be looking at that being available? I think it's a little bit of a wait, isn't it? Yes, so a rapid release and scheduled release is starting on January the 24th. 24th, 2022, I believe that should say January the 4th, 2023. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, unless it's uh, just they haven't bothered telling anybody, but um, I'd be pretty lax. There's a little typo from Google yeah, there. I think you're uh, absolutely right. Um, and this is going to be available to all Google Workspace customers, as well as legacy G Suite, Basic, and business customers. However, as we should really say, this is going to be available to to all Google Workspace customers that have access to the Google Admin Console. Yes, that's a very, very good point. I was just thinking that, actually. I mean, you do have to have access to the Admin Console, and I wonder how much you, whether you have to have access, whether you maybe have to have access to certain parts of the alert center. I know it's one of the differences between education fundamentals and education plus is, or education standard and education plus is it does give you different security layers and you get access at education plus level, for example, to like a security health dashboard and things like that, that you don't get with education fundamentals. So um, I wonder if, Yes, you can get the alerts, but if you want the alerts for some more specific things, you need the higher level because you need the higher level alert center access, if that's kind of makes sense. So um, it'd be interesting to have a look at that. And I'm definitely going to check out that help center article to see if we can set some of that up. Well, um, thank you very much, Adam. Thank you for running through all of that, as always. Um, and that's it, everybody. That's everything you need to know about all of the updates happening around Google Workspace. Uh, as Adam said at the start, thank you so much to everybody who's downloaded and listened to this podcast, everybody who's subscribed and listens to us regularly. Uh, we really, really appreciate all of that. And please, as I said, do share it with your friends. Do share it in any groups that you think might be relevant. We really want to be able to update as many people as possible about everything that's relevant on Google Workspace. This podcast is available from your regular podcast provider and also in video format on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash strawberry7. Thank you very much for joining us this week. We'll be back again next Monday with more updates. Goodbye. Bye.